All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Beautiful people tuning in. This is the Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host again this week. As always, we start our hour off with our sending our love to Michael Slate. Um, and as promised, I've been teasing this the last two weeks. Henry, our producer here, Henry Carson, has dug up from the crates the audio or we're going to share a portion of the audio of Michael Slate's interview years ago with David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, David Crosby, who passed away two weeks ago. And Michael did a really beautiful interview with him. We're going to bring you a little bit of that at the end of the hour. It's poignant. It's a great memory. Um, It's pertinent for today, too. So we'll bring that at the end of the hour. A little bit uh, also at the very end, we're going to bring inspiring I mean, really incredibly inspiring, moving, and heroic voices from the women political prisoners of Iran. We've been covering and talking about, and hopefully you listening have continued to pay attention to and cast your eyes to the brave women of Iran rising up and the people of Iran up against the brutal Islamic Republic and the terror that they've carried out now, mass executions, mass imprisonments, um, and all kinds of repression. So the heroism of the political prisoners there, we're going to shine a light and bring an inspiring message and challenge from them. And maybe a couple other things along the way this hour, but the bulk of what we are going to do here on the first episode of the Michael Slate Show in February, Black History Month, is going to be talking about and opening up the phone lines to you to talk about just the outrageous, the unconscionable, the heartbreaking and infuriating police murder, savage, brutal beating of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, and what this concentrates. How many times we've seen this, such a beautiful young man's life, cut down. He loved skateboarding. He had a four-year-old son. He was full of hope. He was full of love. He was, a, as his mother said, a good kid, um, did everything right, tried to comply, and was, and was brutally, savagely set upon and beaten to death. And how we need to understand this, what we need to draw from this, and what needs to be done about it, I'm very happy to have in studio with me to talk with you and take your calls, Michelle Chai from the Revolution Club here in Los Angeles. Michelle, welcome. Hi, Sansara. It's really nice to be back here again. <laughs> good, good. I know people have a lot on their minds and on their hearts about this police murder of Tyree Nichols. And here we are in Black History Month. And I think it's going to be very important to get into that, to open up the phone lines, to give you a chance to talk with people, our listeners, our listeners, a chance to air their feelings and their questions and talk with you. To set the stage and to kick us off, I want to play a substantive excerpt from a speech given by the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, whose work and and interviews and speeches we feature frequently here on the Michael Slate Show because he gets so to the heart of really the nature of this country, the nature of this system, and he's forged a revolutionary way out, a new communism, a new framework for human emancipation, and he's actively leading that fight now um, in many dimensions. But this is from a speech that he gave back in 2018. It's called Why We Need an Actual Revolution and how we can really make revolution. And the opening cuts right to what we are experiencing yet again with the police murder of Tyree Nichols, but he also expands it to set this in the context of the system as a whole and how we need to go at this. So I want to start with that. We'll we'll take a few minutes on that, then we'll come back, we'll talk, and then we'll open up the phone lines. Why we need an actual revolution and how we can really make revolution. This talk will elaborate on and go more deeply into what is set forth 
in how we can win, how we can really make revolution, a statement from the Revolutionary Communist Party, which provides a crucial guideline that should be taken up and acted on by everyone who hungers for and wants to be part of bringing into being a world without the horrors to which the masses of humanity are continually subjected. In line with that, in speaking here about what we need to be doing, I am not just talking about those of us who are already involved, but all those who need to become part of this revolution. This will consist of two parts. One, only an actual revolution can bring about the fundamental change that is needed. And two, how we can really make revolution. So let's get right into it. One, only an actual revolution can bring about the fundamental change that is needed. In 2012, in Revolution Nothing Less, I talked about the outrageous murder of Romarley Graham earlier that same year, shot down in his own house in the Bronx by the New York City police. He was only 18 years old. Do I have to tell you what race he was? His mother kept saying, this has to stop. And his father repeated over and over, why did they kill my son? Why did they kill my son? New York cops then loudly rallied around their fellow pig who murdered Ramarley in cold blood, viciously taunting Ramarley's family and loved ones, demonstrating yet one more time the ugly truth that in the way this country has been built, and for the powers that be in this country, the humanity of black people has never counted for anything. They have never been valued as human beings, but only as things to be exploited, oppressed, and repressed. Six years later, and with cold-blooded murders by police, Continuing in an unbroken chain, I will say again now what I said then. How many more times does this have to happen? How many more times do the tears and the cries of anguish and anger have to pour forth from the wounded hearts of people? How many more times when another of these outrageous murders is perpetrated by the police, do we have to hear those words that pour gasoline on the already burning wounds? Justifiable homicide, justified use of force by police. How many more? Ramarley Graham, Nicholas Hayward Jr., Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Darius Pinex, Oscar Grant, Manuel Diaz, Joel Acevedo, Laquan McDonald, Ayanna Stanley Jones, Sandra Bland, Jack Sun, Rennie Davis, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, Maurice Granton, Harith Augustus. The list goes on and on and on. Thousands and thousands 
especially Black and Latino and Native American. If this were the only thing wrong with this system, it would be more than enough reason to sweep it off the earth. But this is only part of the intolerable outrages that are continually perpetrated by this system and that cause so much unnecessary suffering for the masses of humanity. So let's go back to why and what it will take to make all the outrages really stop. Why are black people, Latinos, and Native Americans subjected to genocidal persecution, mass incarceration, police brutality, and murder? Why is there the patriarchal degradation, dehumanization, and subjugation of all women everywhere, and oppression based on gender or sexual orientation? Why are there wars of empire, armies of occupation, and crimes against humanity? Why is there the demonization, criminalization, and deportations of immigrants and the militarization of the border? Why is the environment of our planet being destroyed? These are what we call the five stops, deep and defining contradictions of this system with all the destruction and suffering they cause, which must be protested and resisted in a powerful way with a real determination to stop them, but which can only be finally ended by putting an end to this system itself. Why, along with all this, do we live in a world where large parts of humanity live in stark poverty, with 2.3 billion people lacking even rudimentary toilets or latrines, and huge numbers suffering from preventable diseases, with millions of children dying every year from these, from these diseases and from starvation, while 150 million children in the world are forced to engage in ruthlessly exploited child labor. And the whole world economy rests on a vast network of sweatshops, employing large numbers of women who are regularly subjected to sexual harassment and assault, a world where 65 million refugees have been displaced by war, poverty, persecution, and the effects of global warming. Why is this the state of humanity? There is one fundamental reason. The basic nature of the system of capitalism imperialism that we live under and the way, because of its very nature, it continually perpetrates and perpetuates horror after horror. And in fundamental terms, we have two choices. Either live with all this and condemn future generations to the same, or worse, if they have a future at all, or make revolution. Okay, so that was Bob Avakian, um, the revolutionary leader, the architect of the new communism. It is the opening portion of a major speech that he gave in two parts in 2018 called Why We Need an Actual Revolution and How We Can Really Make Revolution. 
Um, you are listening to The Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor, and I'm here in studio now with Michelle Chai, who is a leader in the Los Angeles Revolution Club an organization, a part of a national organization and movement taking up the leadership of Bob Avakian and fighting for the revolution he has forged the vision of, the strategy for, and is actively leading to make real. Regular listeners to The Michael Slate Show will know that this show is pre-recorded. One of the interviews on this show speaks about an event that has already happened. But that discussion, especially on the need for an actual revolution, is something you will want to hear. Michelle, um, the opening that we just heard of that speech, B.A. covers many uh, many dimensions of why we need a revolution. He talks about the five stops, different forms of oppression built into the system of capitalism, imperialism. And in the rest of the speech, he goes into how that is so and, and how a revolution could be made. But he begins with Ramarley Graham, and he begins with this list of names of people who've been brutally murdered by, savagely murdered by the police again and again, black and brown in particular, over and over again. And here we are, five years later, two years after the beautiful uprising of 10, 14 million people who stood up, took to the streets, and courageously defied tear gas and rubber bullets and all this to say Black Lives Matter, to stand up against the police murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And... We're living through this horror of a repeat. Yet again, Tyree Nichols, 27 years old, young, beautiful, filled with life, young black man with a four-year-old son with love for his family, treasured by all who knew him, somebody who really brought a lot of light and hope to those around him. Um, I think it'd be important for you to just open up and, and, and say how, how you feel about this and how you see this connected to what you just heard from Bob Avakian. Yeah, I mean, the thing that always strikes me about hearing that clip that we just heard is the the same the anger, right? Of like if how unnecessary that is and you can hear it in Baba Vikan's voice when he goes through the list of those people, the cracking in his voice because he recognizes this is it doesn't have to be this way and goes through all the lists, right? of all these, some of the lists, you know, because there's like thousands, right, that have been precious, you know, lives that have been lost at the hands of the police, right? And then, you know, going through the whole thing of like, the then the family gets hit, a lot of the families get hit with this justifiable homicide. They try to find a way to justify the murder of these people, right? And, and we, you know, we're learning about the life of Tyree Nichols, we're hearing his family, you know, um, his mother, you know, talking about how much, you know, he loved her and, you know, being so proud that her son had a tattoo of her name in her arm and, you know, and, and just what a beautiful person and full of life he was, right? And just cut short in a second, right? And and when these cops, you know, encountered him, ran up on him and threw him on the ground and started brutalizing him. And one thing that keeps that I keep thinking about from, you know, just the, this is like the f second month of the year and we've already like seen and, you know, seen video after video. And, you know, and and I've seen a few even from here in Los Angeles, right, where you see there's a pattern here where all these people, when they're encountered, you know, by the police, you could see them like afraid for their lives, you know. You can hear that in Tyree when he's screaming for his mother, when he's running towards his mother's house, when, you know, here in Los Angeles, when Takar Smith was, you know, uh, uh, the LAPD confronted him, he was afraid. You know, all these people know that there's, 
you know, you can encounter these these cops in your in your life. You know, this death sentence that's hanging over their heads can be carried out at any minute. And it does. Right. This has to stop, you know. And as he, you know, concluded, Baba Vegan concluded in that clip. Right. Is there's you know there's a reason why this is happening and it's the you know it's the there's a fundamental reason and it's the the basic nature of this system right this is this is what this system of capitalism imperialism is and it has to be overthrown there's a way to stop this but we have to you know seriously confront what's happening confront what is the what's underlying what's you know what's causing it and get you know and 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 take up the actual strategy to get rid of the you know to 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 prepare for the time when we can go up against this whole system and bring it down michelle ba baba vacan ended that clip by saying look fundamentally we have two choices we either live with all this and condemn future generations to the same or worse if they have a future at all or we make revolution and, you know, people throw that word around, revolution, and, and, and they mean different things by it. People throw the word system around and mean different things by it. Right now you have a lot of people saying, well, you, it's the policing system has to change. It's the culture of police that has to change. And there are problems with the policing system. There is problems with the culture of police. But what you were just talking about and in that what Baba Vicky imposes about two choices, um, there's a, something deeper than the police system. There's the system the police serve. And there's a revolution to get rid of that system. I wonder if you could just, um, however you want to distinguish that from the way you think a lot of people misunderstand revolution. I think that'd be helpful if you if you speak to that. And then let's take our first call. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it'd be helpful. I have this uh, this book of quotations from Baba Vakin in front of me. It's called Basics. And, you know, he says the, the role of the police is not to serve and protect the people. It is to serve and protect the system that rules over the people to enforce the relations of exploitation and oppression, the conditions of poverty, misery and degradation into which the system has cast people and is determined to keep people in. The law and order the police are about with all of their brutality and murder is the law and order that enforces all this oppression and madness. And, you know, I think, you know, the the to just to be straight up revolution means like meeting and defeating and dismantling, overthrowing that system. You're going to need millions of people to do that. You're going to need an organized, serious, disciplined force that's going to lead that. You're going to need a strategy. You're going to need leadership, right? And you're going to need millions of people that are fed up with this, that don't, you know, that are tired of seeing, you know, of trying reform after reform, you know, changing the laws. We've seen, we've seen it all, right? Even with this, you know, with this Tyree Nichols, you know, um, it showed you you had every reform you can ask for representation, black uh, police chief, black cops that that brutalized him. Right. They were all wearing body cams. They all were, you know, they had sensitivity training. Right. And yet and still they murdered him, you know, because there is no amount of reforms that can be passed you know, within this existing system that's actually going to stop murder by police, you know? We actually have to get to the root of that uh, of that problem. And when we say system, we're talking about a system of capitalism, imperialism, right? As, as, as the quote, you know, is, is saying, right? A system of exploitation, right? That these police enforce, right? So we have to, you know, again, get to the root of that and not, you know, and, and 
you know, there's been a lot of, you know, frustration over like, you know, we've we've tried it, we've done it, you know, and people marched and beautifully, you know, as you started off the show, right, rose up in, in 2020. But that showed us, right, that showed people the potential for revolution. It showed that there's millions of people that are sick of this, that saw that video of George Floyd and that are probably sitting at home now seeing the video of Tyree Nichols heartbroken, you know, and that has to actually be you know, channeled into actually, you know, uh, overthrowing this whole system. Okay, so I'm speaking with Michelle Chai. We are talking about the police murder in Memphis of Tyree Nichols. But as Michelle pointed out, just two weeks ago, you were here, or three weeks ago, in studio with me talking about the police murder here in L.A. of Takar Smith um, and two others. And Go ahead. Yeah, there's uh, there was Takar Smith. There was um, Keenan Anderson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the other day I was watching the news and they showed, you know, this other, you know, video, which was just like it just shows the monstrosity of what these police represent. You know, Anthony Lau, right, who is a double amputee and he was in a wheelchair and these cops, you know, came up on him, you know, because they said he had, you know, supposedly like stabbed somebody, whatever. He's in a wheelchair. They shoot a taser at him. They throw him to the ground. And with what he has left of his legs, you see him scrambling to run away from them. Can you, Somebody made this point to me right when I was sharing to them. Can you imagine the desperation of somebody with no legs that's trying to get away from these cops that are just surrounding him and like pointing their guns at him? That was the last moment of Anthony Lau's life. You know, this is this represents and shows the monstrosity of what these police represent and the whole system that they enforce. Just like we saw in the Tyree Nichols video, just like we saw in the Takar Smith, you know, uh, uh, you know, video, just like we saw in the Keenan Anderson video. Right. Oscar Leon Sanchez. These are all people, you know, who the very last moments and we see and we have video, you know, evidence to show that the last moments of their lives, they were afraid. Mm -hmm. They knew that this was going to happen, you know. And again, just I want the listeners to actually like think about that, you know, because for somebody that doesn't have legs to be scrambling to get away from from, you know, running with what's left of his legs to, you know, and be surrounded by these cops. This is this is a monstrous system and we can't, you know, continue to to accept, you know, as B.A. says, how many more? You know, how many more videos, how many more mothers, you know, how many more heartbroken family members of these people are we going to see crying and suffering because they're not going to have their loved ones to hold and to, you know, to have with them. You know, this is this is unnecessary and intolerable. You know, a moment ago, you mentioned the millions and millions who marched in the streets um, two years ago uh, and the millions more who had their eyes open by what they saw in that video of George Floyd, who had refused to look at this, but had their eyes pried open, but also by because of the resistance. They were forced to look at something, and that mattered. But to all those people who drew hope at that time, who are now feeling, wow, nothing will ever change, um, that didn't make any difference. What is your message to them? Why do you, why do you have hope, Michelle? And, and what is it that, um, that needs to be done that's different? You know, um, well, I think once again, like you see, you saw the potential, right? You saw, you know, I mean, I was out there, you know, in 2020 and you saw like all these people that would wouldn't necessarily wouldn't like normally come together. Right. White, black, brown, you know, like from different backgrounds that actually came out and were fed up, you know, 
the the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show, you know, uh, which you're the co-host of, had interviewed some, you know, a young woman who was, you know, was was saying like, I'm willing to like put it on the line right now to stop this, you know, like people that were fed up, you know. Yeah, with- she was a young white woman who said, I'll, go ahead, shoot me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, shoot me. This happens to black people all the time. And she meant it. She had mm-hmm. tears in her eyes. She didn't want to live in a world. And she was speaking for many where this continues to go on. So go ahead. Yeah. So this showed, you know, like people are fed up with this, you know, and you and you see them, the, the millions, right, that poured out. And all the other people that were, you know, that, you know, as you said, like we're seeing this, we're inspired by it, we're, you know, we're coming out, you know, the first time protesting, right? But where did it go, right? Where did it get led to? What was the, the you know, the 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 chants that were being, you know, the the demands, right? Defund, right? And 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 all these different reforms that, you know, some of them went into effect, some didn't, right? I mean, you can't defund the police, but like, but as I said, with with um with Tyree Nichols, the you know, a lot of the the um the reforms that they were asking for was more representation. If you had a black police chief, if you had more black cops, you know, they had that and this still continues to happen, right? We have to get to the root of, you know, of where this is coming from and those millions and that outrage and that determination needs to be like actually led and 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 transformed to actual determination to bring this whole system down and to replace it right through an actual revolution and we do have strategy and leadership to actually you know make that real but it really showed like there's you know there's millions of people that are out there that are that are sick of this you know um and Right now, what we in the Revolution Club are working towards is having a force, right? And I want, you know, the listeners to imagine this, right? If there was a force of people that was out there that was, you know, saying we're not going to allow the cops these or these fascist forces to, like, continue to brutalize, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, and, and are impacting as part of actually, like, calling forth, you know, the, the, the people that are sick of this, right, that want to you know, stand up and, and, you know, and resist against this as part of actually getting prepared for revolution. This is, you know, working on some of the hopelessness that's out there where people see, well, there's nothing we could do. We've tried the reforms. We've like, you know, done, you know, different things that there is an alternative that people don't have to just, you know, continue to swallow their, their anger, you know, and accept this, that there's, that there's a way and, and that the moment is now to actually get with this and actually, you know, dig into this yourself and to begin, you know, being a part of getting out there with this revolution. Um, we have a caller. I want to go to Cheryl. Cheryl, are you on the line? Yes. yes. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead. What's and your question? I, What's your comment? My question is, um, first of all, I want to say I'm completely on board and concur with everything you say, being just beyond sick of this. This is just completely unconscionable but being new to your show this is new programming for me and i've listened to it you know every time i get in the car uh when you say revolution um i don't hear the exact tactics are is this a nonviolent revolution or are you saying is this an armed conflict are you saying people take up firearms and then just wait and ready to uh, to pounce because I hear I hear the anger and it's it's infuriating I I'm with you but there's there's just the problem is just festering 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 and but I don't really hear any tangible solutions people can do today right now unless 
is that a nonviolent thing or is it a violent thing with firearms? Okay, Cheryl, that's a that's a very important question. Michelle, you want to speak to that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you, you know, like, just, you know, really appreciating, you know, this thing of like being sick of this, right? And this actually is, you know, the reason why, you know, revolution, right? And I think, look, the, 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 the enforcers of this system, right, their police, their military, you know, all these people, do you want to talk about violence, you know, the violence that these that these people, you know, that these, you know, institutions like actually bring down on people, right? They're not just going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, you were right this whole time here. You could take power. You do things your way. We'll get out of the way. No, they're going to, as we saw in 2020, people just rising up. You know, the, people weren't even going for revolution. People were just rising up, demanding justice. And they were met with tear gas. They were met with brutality. They were met with, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, their, their, their whole force. Right. So when we're talking about revolution, you know, it is going to mean an all out fight. It is going to mean, you know, millions of people meeting, defeating and dismantling their whole system their, that, you know, the, their enforcers um, and replacing that. Right. As I said, they're not just going to get out of the way and say, you know, oh, we're peaceful. They're not peaceful. Look at everything that they're doing all over the world. You know, look at look at the their military and, and the you know, the again, the monstrosity of things that they do to raping women, you know, slaughtering children. Like, this is the violence that these, you know, that these enforcers of this system carry out. They're not going to just say, okay, your turn, take over power. We have to actually, you know, uh, you know, it is going to take a, a, a military struggle uh, when the time comes. We're not saying that's now. Right now, the forces of for revolution are nonviolent. You know, we're we're going out and we're putting forward this message, and you know, and and we're nonviolent. One of our points of attention for the revolution, um, you know, says we don't we, we don't tolerate violence, and we don't you know tolerate violence uh, amongst the people, or you know, or carried out you know to the people from. I, I think it actually says something like you know because we're serious about an actual revolution yeah. and an actual overthrow. At this time, we do not initiate violence, and we oppose all violence among the people and against the people. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I mean, I'm quoting from the yeah. points of attention, but I think that gets to the relationship between um, what you were describing about. It will come down to an all-out struggle for power. They will have to be defeated and overthrown to get to a new system and to get rid of these problems that are built into the system. But right now, as part of getting ready, I'm just putting that in there, but finish your point. Um, no, that, that was, that was, that was my point. That was, yeah. you know, this is what the forces, you know, for the revolution, right? I actually, I was trying to get the wording right. We're going, we're going for an actual overthrow of this system in a whole better way beyond the destructive, vicious conflicts of today between the people, because we are serious at this stage, we do not initiate violence and we oppose all violence against the people and among the people. So, you know, this you know, but it is going to take an all out fight, you know, and again, because we are serious about actually, you know, ending all this. And because we recognize that within the, you know, the existing, you know, system, we're not going to be able to actually end, you know, murder by police or any of these things that Baba Vakin, you know, when we started off the show, the, you know, the clip from Baba Vakin talking about all of these different, you know, forms of oppression that, you know, that this system generates. We can't end that unless we actually end this system. You're listening to The Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I'm the guest host. And I'm speaking with Michelle Chai, a leader of the Los Angeles Revolution Club. 
I know um, I was going to introduce a revolution rhyme for this historic time. This was written by a RevCom poet. It's performed by a member of the Revolution Club in Chicago named Roosevelt. A revolution rhyme for this historic time. Get, get, get down. Some still think it's smart that the food would make them leave cool to mock and stalk and kill each other, using and abusing one another. Selling women, slinging dope, chasing money, squashing hope. And what we really need is hard to fight for what is right and know how to overthrow that big time enemy that keeps us all from being free. This system with this savage power keeps us down, makes life sour. To hell with politicians posing as our friend. With them, this nightmare is never gonna end. Or living dead who straight up hate us, twisted, fascist, zummy brains, prejudice makes them insane. Like orange head Donald Trump, that woman hating racist chump, and all those who want us dead or living in constant dread, down on our knees praying while they keep on slaying. The police who slaughter, suffocate, and smother, then do it to another, and smirk with a vicious grin when we kill each other again. With this, shit we're done. There's nothing ever really won. It's time to quit. Revenge, the endless cycle. Kids can't play or ride their bicycle. So let's go for the real solution. Get with the Revcom revolution. Get thousands, then millions just like us. Don't let the capitalist power psych us. Get us making bad decisions. When there's a science strategy and plan, leadership and vision. From no lie, an old white man. B.A. Bob Hagen. He's for real, not faking it. Revolutionary from the days with the Black Panthers. He kept on thinking this whole time after. There's a real chance coming to get free. Because those who rule us are now at each other, though. But would we dare to make the most of this rare time we're living in? It's harder now to fool us with their talk of democracy for all. Their systems need to fall. We got the science of schoolers. The whole thing's ripping apart. But do we have the heart to rise above this shit and get ourselves fit to do what cries out to be done with so much that could be won? We need to get busy, make the oppressors dizzy, as we get organized and ready, working steady for the hour to bring our power. If you're black or brown or any other color, show that you got the valor, the heart to fight for what is really right. Don't listen to any mess about going for something less than bringing down this system and the clowns who front for it. They're not fit to rule the earth. Their system's worth less than the foulest trash we need to smash it, break it apart, heal the scars. From living how they had us. So join with the ones that next street over. No more trying to blast us. Unite with the people far and wide. Sisters, brothers, all justice lovers who can be on our side. The capitalist oppressors, cold-blooded aggressors. Even with all that guns, the time has come to work so we can put them on the run. Fighting together to put an end to all that madness and begin to make the world a way worth living. A new day, a better way to be, emancipation over men. A 
Okay, so that was Roosevelt from the Chicago Revolution Club doing the Revolution Rhyme for this historic time. I'm here with Michelle Chai from the Los Angeles Revolution Club, and uh, that piece is, it's a very powerful piece, actually, in a number of dimensions, but I wanted to play it for its own merits, but also as a lead-up, because I know you're, you're part of hosting an important event this weekend. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so we're hosting a uh, Future People open mic. And part of what we're trying to do with that is bring people together around, you know, sharing sharing their poetry, sharing their, you know, music, dance skills, whatever, you know, you have that. Um, and your anger, you know, like part of that, we also want to have a speak out element of it, right? And, and, you know, people like Cheryl who, you know, and other people that, you know, I've met, you know, some people getting out on the trains in Los Angeles, getting out this message, people that are fed up, you know, who are sick and tired of this, you know, to come take the mic, you know, and, you know, and share, you know, if you have a poem, if you have, you know, a song, if you have, you know, just the quote that you want to share, you know, if you have a picture of a sunset, you know, for Tyree Nichols that you want to share, bring that, you know, and be part of, you know, forging a community of people that are, you know, learning about this revolution that, you know, are and are going to work, you know, to make this revolution. And part of, you know, what I was speaking to earlier of the points of attention for the revolution is, you know, we're fighting to forge a different culture, you know, not to stay within the same, you know, system, but actually a future that, you know, that's part of forging a whole different future, right? Part of, you know, what comes after we make a revolution, right? And and the forces that are going to be leading this, you know, revolution, right? And, and part, you know, part of, like, some of the points of attention around, like, you know, not degrading women, you know, fighting for a world where all the chains are broken, you know, where women, men, and differently gendered peoples are equals and comrades, you know? Uh, fighting for a world without borders and for equality, among different people right um so we're not tolerating or accepting insults jokes or derogatory names about people's race nationality or language right so you know different you know um uh culture different you know a different way that people are treating each other and actually appreciating and you know uh uh you know poetry and music and life you know that's again part of forging you know, a whole different peoples, right? Um, so I I want to call on people and invite you, you know, come out this Sunday. People can call and text our phone number, um, which is 323-671-9839. So that's 323-671-9839. And how do people find you on social? Uh, people can find us at RevClub underscore L.A., that's R-E-V-C-L-U-B underscore L-A. All right. So, Michelle, I want to thank you for coming here, being in person um, to talk about this revolution, to talk about what the Revolution Club is doing, to talk about the murder and the life and the beauty of Tyree Nichols and what it means that that was stolen by the police and, and, and what people need to do with that, with the, with the sadness that they're feeling, with the anger, with the frustration, probably the tormented questions. Um I want to ask you to stick around. I want to share a few different things, but I want to ask you to stick around to to check in at the end of the at the end of the hour. Is that all right? Okay. Um, so, we as promised, I have a couple other things I want to share with you. Um, David Crosby, 
this actually links up well with the idea of a of a culture of resistance, a and a culture against everything that is putrid and rotten about the culture that's promoted by the system we live under. Um, David Crosby uh, was part of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. He was an incredible musician, singer, songwriter. He passed away a couple weeks ago, and as I have been teasing the last two weeks. Um, Henry Carson, our producer here at the Michael Slate Show, has dug up um, audio of uh, Michael Slate's interview with him um, years ago. And it starts out with a clip of the song Ohio, which uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Neil Young wrote. And they put out right after the National Guard murdered um, four students at Kent State who are standing up against the Vietnam War. So you're going to hear a little bit of that song and then a little bit of the exchange between Michael and David. David Crosby, and that song and your work, a lot of your work has sort of been the theme of my life and of a lot of people from my generation, which is pretty close to your generation, 
And, you know, I think you've really impacted the world in a big, big way. And I'm really, really, really happy to have you here today. Thanks, man. Sure. Um, I also want to let you know that from the song, Anything at All, the words once came that anything you want to know, just ask me. I'm the world's most opinionated man. I'll give you an answer if I can. I got the first question. Do you remember seeing me at Woodstock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 36th row. You didn't right, have any exactly, clothes on, right? Exactly, exactly. The redhead next to you. She was pretty. Right, yeah, and I had long hair, really long hair. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Okay. Um, let's get into this, the inspirations for your work. You know, you've got a just a career that's incredible. In the, Most, in... Mostly I write about love. Mostly I write about uh, love songs. I write love songs. You know, I, I used to write... Uh, you know, songs that were, you know, looking for love. Uh, sometimes I, then I would write, you know, love lost, love unrequited, love triumphant. Then as you get older, you know, you start to, you know, look more introspectively at love and you start looking at the qualities of it and what it does to your life. And then you, if you're lucky, you start writing about family love, which is just scrumptious. It's so deep and full of things that you want to write about <clears throat> love sustained love honored love respected love you know love treasured that's mostly what i write about yeah. every once in a while i write you know i write uh, you know sort of political stuff we all do but we don't really do it by choice uh how it works is you know, we're citizens, too, and if something smacks you in the face, the song that you just heard, uh, I watched how that came about. And it's not its not a, a stance that we take or a, you know, it's not something we choose. Neil, Neil looked at that picture of the girl kneeling over the kid dead in the pool of blood. At Kent State. At Kent State, and he could not not write that song. He had no control over that. I handed him the guitar. He wrote the song. I called Nash, said, we got to get in the studio now. He got the studio. We collected the guys. We went in. We cut it. We knew what it was. But it wasn't, these aren't, you know, stances that we take, poses that we take, you know. They're reactions to life smacking us in the face. Nash's Chicago, uh, same thing. Um, Stills is, uh, for what it's worth, same thing. You know, my longtime gun, same thing, mm -hmm. same exact way that they happen. And uh, that's okay with me. I, I I think it works. You know, it's interesting, too, because I, one of the things I was going to get into around that question is that, you know, it was just, I found it just amazing that a song like Ohio became, I mean, literally overnight. One, you put it out literally overnight. And two, that it became, it's so much hit on things, and it became, it was taken up. It hit the hearts of every every person in that generation, every person who was from 13 to 30 at that point, that song was theirs, and it described the whole relationship in society. And I was thinking about this because, you know, a similar song, uh, Mississippi Goddamn, and in and, and a similar process, Nina Simone talks about writing that song. She had tried, when Medgar Evers was killed, she had tried to write this song about him, and she couldn't do it. It kept coming out wooden and stiff and, and didactic. And then when the four little girls were killed in the church in, in uh, Birmingham, and she went upstairs, and actually, interestingly, she's tried to make a zip gun. She was so angry. And then her husband came up and said, no, no, this isn't you. This is you. And he put her at the piano, and she started to write. And in an hour, she had Mississippi Goddamn written. You know, there are a number of them. You, you, of course, know Strange Fruit. There's mm -hmm. another unbelievable song. Mm -hmm. it, I think, you know, I think it's it's... 
we have many jobs, you know, uh, and I think some of them are just to entertain you, just to make you boogie, just to make you feel good. Uh, and some of them are related to the troubadour, the town crier. And we're, we're the ones who say, you know, it's 11 o'clock and all's well, or it's 12 and it's not so damn good, you know. And uh, that's part of our job, I think. All right, so that was uh, just a short bit of Michael Slate's conversation. There we go. All right, How Can You Run When You Know? That is the song. That is the song, Ohio. And that was a little bit of the conversation interview that Michael Slate did with David Crosby, recently passed away. We wanted to do that as a tribute to Crosby and also to give you the opportunity, the treat, to hear Michael Slate's voice back here on the Michael Slate Show. We'll be doing more of that in the coming weeks. And um, I know people miss him. I was at a, I was at a uh, book event last night. Um, actually, a really beautiful book event up at Skylight Books with Chitali Sun and another author. Um, and uh, in the audience, I ran into an old friend, an artist who was just, oh, my God, how's Michael? Where's Michael? And just effusive. And, uh, and so I wanted to let everybody know and hear his voice uh, and give a little shout-out to him at home right now. Um, so... Final segment, we want to take just a couple minutes. We want to move forward because we have been covering, and you should be paying attention, among many things, the crimes going on around the world under this system of capitalism, imperialism, the horrors that people suffer. When people stand up, when people rebel, when people like display their courage and their heroism, it really needs to be supported and defended. And, and I, can hard, I can't think of anywhere this is more the case. Um, and more heroic than the political prisoners in Iran right now and the women political prisoners in particular. And so to close out today's show, I want to share an inspiring message and an urgent challenge that has been issued from inside the dungeons of Iran. Quote, Do not be afraid of jail. Be afraid of living and being indifferent. These words were reportedly issued from inside a prison in Iran, and they were sent as a challenge to the outside world. And I want to read from the International Emergency Committee to free Iran's political prisoners now, who recently wrote, This quote captures the spirit of many political prisoners in Iran. Millions in Iran who rose up in recent months against the Islamic Republic have shown incredible courage. Some carry homemade protest signs that read, A Death with Dignity is better than a life lived in humiliation. These protesters have acted heroically and in self-sacrificing ways, calling out to the world to fight against the oppression of women and repression. And we must stand with, defend, and fight to free them. This spirit has also stood out in recent months among the women political prisoners in the notoriously brutal Evin prison in Iran's capital of Tehran. They set examples of fearlessness under extreme conditions from behind the prison walls. They have gone on hunger strikes and sit-ins, issued group appeals, sung protest songs to send out to the world, and staged prison theater to call for a stop to the attacks on students and for the uprising of the fall of 2022 in Iran to continue. And they have done this in the face of daily brutality, including extended solitary confinement and threats of beatings and rape. They come from different walks of life and from a broad spectrum of political, religious, and ideological viewpoints, so their actions may embolden the struggles outside the prison walls for justice, 
radical change, and a much better world. And recently, 30 women in the notorious Evan prison, just days ago, January 22nd, issued a statement. They signed it together. Among those who issued this statement were the writer Sepida Golian, who's a women's rights activist, um, oh, I mean, excuse me, who's a writer, also the women's rights activist and German-Iranian citizen Nahid Tagavi and environmentalist Nilufar Bayani and Sepeda Gashani, and they wrote, quote, we, the political and ideological prisoners in the women's ward of Evan Prison, demand an end to the execution of protesters and an end to unjust sentences of prisoners in Iran. We have all been sentenced to a total of 124 years in prison through unfair and non-transparent procedures, which is worth a few generations of human life, end quote. And finally, I want to share an incredible, I mean, astounding, inspiring recording that was made by Ghazal Abdullahi while she was speaking to her mother, who is the journalist Alia Motalabzadeh, as well as the human rights activist Narjez Mohammadeh, who are both being held right now inside Evan Prison. And what you will hear is the voices of these two courageous women, along with other women in Evan Prison, joining together to sing over the phone the famous anti-fascist anthem, the internationally famous anthem, Bella Ciao in Farsi. And so I want you to listen to this, and as you do, think about the words that Abdullahi wrote when she posted this recording on her Instagram. She said, listen to their voices and feel their hope. They are singing for you. This voice came from Evan Prison. And indeed, what shines through is these women's joy, their yearning for life and freedom, and their desire to impart that spirit to the world outside the ugly walls that surround them. Let's listen. There is such joy in their voices from inside that torture dungeon prison in Iran. It is inspiring. People should stand with these women. Um, free 
IranPoliticalPrisonersNow.org is the website for the emergency campaign to free political prisoners of Iran. It's free, IranPoliticalPrisonersNow.org. Uh, we are at the end of the hour. Michelle, we have uh, almost no time, but I want to give you one last chance to say uh, parting words to our listeners. Michelle Chai of the Revolution Club here in Los Angeles. Yeah, again, I want to call on people, you know, to, this is for everybody who's sick and tired of living in a world where people are treated as less than human. You know, come out, come learn about, come get into, you know, this revolution. Bring your poetry, bring your, you know, family, friends, um, and you can call and text our number, which is 323-671-9839. That's 323-671-9839. All right, Michelle, thanks for coming in. I want to thank you all for tuning in, listening, and I want to thank uh, Cheryl for calling. I'm sorry we didn't have time for more calls. We will do it again. Um, You've been listening to The Michael Slate Show. I want to give our appreciation to Gary Baca for engineering, Henry Carson for producing. My name is Sansara Taylor. On behalf of the Michael Slate Show, I will be back next week. And until then, remember, the problem is not human nature. It is the nature of the system. Through a real revolution, a better world is possible. Thank you. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking. Time for Changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Show